This is Liz. And this is Sharon. And you're listening to Unrefined She. The well-being podcast for women like you who want to explore your health, claim your space, question norms, and live your best lives. Hosted weekly by entrepreneurs and women's health experts, Liz Winters and Sharon Bailey. As always, please keep in mind that the information shared on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. And now, let's dive in. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Packed Apparel. Now, I love Packed. If you haven't heard of them, they are on a mission to become Earth's favorite clothing company, and they are definitely one of mine. I am currently cozied up in my favorite packed sweatshirt. It is so comfy and so wonderful. I swear by their maternity nursing tank tops, as well as their maternity undies, things you didn't even know you needed, maternity underwear, right? Well, Pact has got you covered. They have organic cotton cozy clothes for women, men, baby, kids. They even have sheets and towels, y'all. It's amazing. And it's about more than just cozy, awesome clothes. They're really taking care of their workers by partnering with Fairtrade certified factories to ensure they're both caring for people and for planet. They provide carbon offset shipping and really thoughtful packaging to reduce and minimize that life cycle footprint. Now, they're also being incredibly generous to our unrefined she community and offering a discount code for your very first purchase so you can get 20% off at wearpacked.com with the code unrefined20. That's wearpacked w e a r p a c t.com with code unrefined20. Hey Liz, how are you today? Oh, hey, friend. It's so good to see you. I was kind of expecting your like NPR entrance like you gave us last time. (laughs) Welcome to Unrefined She. This is Sharon. Oh, my God. I can't. (laughs) This is morning edition. See, I drink too much coffee with cream before we start recording. So my voice is like all like a gravelly and got the scratchy voice. Got the scratchy voice. I really bring my best for our listeners. (laughs) You do bring your best. Look, you showered. Your hair's all looking fly. I've been trying to like take care of my, this feel, it feels vain, but like I've been trying to take care of better care of my appearance lately, even with my scraggly hairs that I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I find that I'm just more confident and able to show up. So I'm like more willing to like talk to people and I just feel better about myself. Same. (laughs) It sounds so silly, but same. Well, I know we have like, we're both sitting in our home offices, but it's like, if you, yeah, after a year of just being in sweatpants, yeah, and, <laughs> right. I'm like, I, mean, I haven't, I'm I haven't graduated. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't graduated from, from yoga pants. I'm actually wearing a packed dress from two oh. years ago that is like still solidly. I mean, this That's was like my cute. everyday dress. Yeah. It's that. yeah. And then I cut this shirt so that it kind of like hangs off my shoulders. Cute. I love mm-hmm. that. I will wear my packed sweatshirt until it disintegrates, which That's, is like no time soon. Those yeah. things are so thick. Yeah, they're hardy. They're, they're sturdy hardy. clothes. <laughs> sturdy clothes. That's a good way of putting it. I like when I try and describe those sweatshirts, people, I'm like, it's not like it's, it's not soft, right? It's not scratchy, but it's not like, um, mm-hmm. it's not like a Hanes pullover sweatshirt situation. It's right. like solid. It's made to last. It is made to last. (laughs) It's made to last. (laughs) It's like the Carhartt of sweatshirts. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. 
wonder how they feel about that description. But yeah, anyway, I love, I love like, it. Great, thanks. Great, thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, being a Colorado company, they're probably like, yeah, that's great. That makes you sense, know? right? <laughs> I will say, <laughs> this is a weird. I don't know why we're talking about packed. Um, but this is like a weird. Uh, their sweatshirts and clothes are sturdy, made to last. Their undies are soft. So just their underwear are soft. I am wearing their underwear and their bra right now. Oh my God, look at you. Dude, I've been wearing Pact for a couple of years now. And when you were like, they're going to be a sponsor for us. I was like, holy shit. I love Pact. (laughs) How do their bras fit? I haven't tried that. Um, They fit well. I mean, it's definitely like fair trade cotton, you know, Mm -hmm. sewn. And so I've had some variations in like fit uh, on some of their sports bras. And I actually had, I got one that didn't fit right and it was the right size and so I reached out to them and I was like hey you know I've got this bra blah blah and they were like you know what just save on shipping why don't you keep it and give it to somebody who it will fit we'll send you a new one oh that's and I was awesome. like damn okay <laughs> that's really cool I always appreciate that <clears throat> you know I've had that like I find that companies that are really committed to like planet and people like that b corp style like packed is on a b corp but um mm-hmm like committed to those same values will often just tell you if like something is broken or something doesn't work to just keep it instead of shipping it back mm-hmm. because shipping costs so much and mm-hmm. that they'll like apply a credit to your account or something like that. I had a similar situation with Grove. Do you use Grove a little? No, but I've, I, I vaguely know of the company. Yeah. So Grove collaborative is like, it, it's like an online marketplace subscription oh, right. box. Mm-hmm. But you can change things. It's not like you're, you get to choose what's in it. So I always hesitate to call it like a subscription box. That's where we get like most of our cleaning supplies. And like they've eliminated plastic and we do like refillable, um, like concentrated cleaning products. So like all of our hand soap comes in these, I'm showing you this like tiny three inch bottle, like a little glass bottle and you pour it into your foamer and you add water and it's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and clarification, Pact, I just looked it up, is actually oh. a B Corp. Oh, they are a B Corp? They are a B Corp. Oh, my bad. I did not know that. Wow. <laughs> I think it's recent. I think they've been like, try- okay. you know, it takes a while to become a B right. Corp. So, <gasps> so yeah. cool. People don't just like up and decide to be a B Corp. It's like a whole no. big deal. So like it's if like you're shopping process. B Corp, like they, they really, really mean <laughs> that they are trying to do good by the planet and the people on it and <laughs> in yeah. their business. So. Yeah. Dang. It's hard to be a B Corp. It's really hard to be a B Corp. I know. Isn't that badass? They're a badass corp. Badass Anyway. Corp. <laughs> oh, I didn't think we were going to talk about this this morning. <laughs> I did not either, but I was like, but by the way, I'm wearing this dress and it's awesome. Um, so how are you? Tell us everything. How was your trip? Oh my God. I went on a trip. It was so good. It was so good. And I didn't even know I needed it. Um, so if you don't follow along on the Instagrams, who are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I surprised my oldest with a girl's trip down to California. Um, and that sounds so irresponsible because we're in a pandemic. But let me explain before you judge me. Um, she has been asking to go to the California beach like almost every day since we moved here. And she... We'll like pretend and we'll like come down in the morning. She's like, mom, I'm ready to go. I packed my bag. And she's literally packed a bag with all of her clothes 
and like all of her pajamas. And she says two pairs of socks, one for nighttime and one for morning. Um, you know, like she's very specific. It does make it hard when we're trying to get ready for bed at night and like all of her jammies are in her bag, but that's fine. Another story for another time. And I told Shane, I was like, one day I'm just going to up and drive her. Cause we only live four hours from the California border. And that's like a reasonable thing to do in a day. And so we put some planning in and I booked us an Airbnb in Crescent city, which is like one of the northernmost coast towns in California. So, cause I knew I didn't want to like, I know when she's saying California beach, she's thinking of like sunshiny LA, San Diego, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, we aren't going that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we booked something for like midweek and we, I, I told her a couple days ahead of time so she could get excited and like ready. And, um, We had the best time. It was the worst possible weather. We drove out to Newport to look at tide pools. And um, that was like a two-hour detour on our way down. So we're like, okay, if we go out to the coast and then go down the 101, it'll be beautiful. We'll stop at the tide pools. We got to the tide pools, the beach where the tide pools were, and um, got out of the car. And it was so windy and so rainy. We made it like... We were outside for maybe two minutes, like maybe. Oh, shit. Wow. And Edie looks at me and she goes, "Mm -mm, nope. (laughs) So we get back in the car and we ate our peanut butter pickle sandwiches because that's what she wants. Excuse me? Do you, have you not tried this? No. Oh my God. It's the best thing in the world. Don't give me that look. Wait, can you, what kind of pickles? Okay. There's a lot of variations in pickles. (laughs) Sure. Um, I mean, we grew up eating them with like dill pickles, but we had like bread and butter pickles. Okay, so like a little sweet, little... a little sweet, okay, a little sweet, okay. salty business. Okay. Yeah, okay. peanut butter pickle sandwich. That's what she wanted. That's what we. So that's what I packed. Um, and we had like the best time. And so we just like sat in the car and ate our sandwiches, and then drove a bajillion hours because that again that added two hours to our four hour trip. Um, down to Crescent City, and again it was like supposed to rain the whole time. So I told her I was like, "Hey, we are gonna do this like rain or shine. It'll be great. We'll make it fun." And we totally had a blast. Like we stayed up way past bedtime the first night. We had like a little Airbnb. We were able to go to this amazing beach park and nobody was there. But this thing was massive. It was right in Crescent City. We like picked up dinner and then I was like, you know what? Let's go to the park. The park is right here. It's way past your bedtime already, but whatever. So we stayed up late because we, we get to make the rules, right? Because we're on vacation. Went to this cool park, went home, ate our Thai food, watched a movie, like stayed up to like 10 o'clock with my four-year-old because it was just me and Edie. And then got up the next morning and I looked at the weather and I was like, oh my God, it's not going to rain for the next 40 minutes. Quick. I was like, I need to pump and you need to eat your breakfast. Let's go. <laughs> so we like got up and ran to the beach and she built a tiny sandcastle for hermit crabs. And we stayed there for like 30 minutes. And that was like the perfect amount of time for her. That's all she wanted to do. And then it started raining as soon as we left. Um, and we went to Ocean World, and again, like nobody is around, so most of that's outdoors. But we were able to have a private tour, and it felt really safe, but really like fun and special. We went down to the Trees of Mystery. <laughs> have you heard of this? No. What is that? So it's like a total tourist attraction in the um, in the redwoods, and or as Edie calls it, the redwood. <laughs> <laughs> right the one and only the one and only the redwood um and so they have like a giant paul bunyan statue and like guided hikes through because 
the last time um, our family went through the Redwoods, we just kind of like picked a trail and started walking around. And that was fun. But I just, I, I wanted more structure for the two of us. And so this was awesome. And they have like sky bridges and a gondola and you get to learn about the history of the Redwoods. Um, the Redwood. <laughs> I can't not say it that way now. Um <laughs> And we were very, these, they have a sky bridge that goes through the trees and it's like a rope and like plank that you walk across. I don't do heights. (laughs) Um, so when Edie wanted to do that, I was like, okay, I, I will do this for her. I will not show how terrified I am. And I'm like behind her walking on this bridge being like, I'm not going to die. We're not going to die. We're not going to (laughs) die. It will be fine. And I'm like watching other people like walk through because there's like seven of them through the trees. Like you get mm-hmm. to another tree, there's a base and you go to the next bridge. And they're like, just like enjoying looking around. I was like, how are you looking around and enjoying this? Like totally lost on me. We get to the other side of the first one and Edie's like, oh, we're stuck. And I was like, no, baby, look, there's the other bridge right around this tree. And the other one, she goes, I don't want to do this anymore. It's <laughs> like, okay. So luckily we're only one in. So I was like, we can turn around. We turned around and she stops in the middle of the bridge and freaks out. And it's like a netting, like netting on the sides so you can see everything. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like on this bridge with her. It's like, hey, you have to keep walking. Like we we have to get off this bridge. And this nice woman at the very end, I was like, do you see this nice woman? I am sure she's a nice woman at the very end of the bridge. You walk towards that person over there. And they were really sweet. They're like, come on, you got this. We got off the bridge. But it was like one of those things totally lost on me. So we ended up hiking up through the woods and um, like rode the gondolas up above the tree line. Also something I would never really enjoy, but I did anyway. Also because the wind just like blows you through those. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, man. Yeah. I'm like, I love all that shit. Yeah, I love it in theory. I <laughs> notice like I get I get kind of I get vertigo. And so, mm-hmm. like, when I get mm-hmm. up high, like, the ground is no longer, well, the one the ground is not where it should be, it's solidly under my feet anyway, but it just feels, like, I just, I don't know, my knees, like, buckle a little bit, and it's like, okay, I can't, like, I feel like I'm going to fall over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyway, it was a really, it was a really good adventure, and, again, like, time we didn't know we needed, and, like, no meltdowns, and... I packed like all of the snacks in the world. Girlfriend has eaten like so many meat sticks. On that trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the, they're the grass fed ones from Paleo Valley and she like loves them. It's like, this is, this is so like in some protein, right. To like get through, yeah. the, get through yeah, the trip. Yeah. So we're not just eating pirate's booty. <laughs> We're at the mm-hmm. coast, you know, pirate's booty felt like an appropriate snack. I mean, what a great combo. Yeah. Meat stick and pirate's booty. <laughs> we also had like carrots and tomatoes and apples and shit. So like, yeah. Anyway, it was really, and really nice. Peanut butter pickle sandwiches. And peanut butter pickle sandwiches. Duh. I'm, I'm going to take this one back to my husband and see what his reaction is. It's so good. This is like a thing that we grew up eating. I didn't realize. I guess I didn't realize until I was an adult. This is not something that other people grew up eating. There's a lot of shit that people eat in Texas that is like, when I say it to people, they're like, what the hell? That sounds disgusting. When you eat pizza, do you eat anything with it? Like, what's your side when you go with pizza? 
like a dipping sauce or like no we no i just eat the pizza so when i grew up a salad ate, occasionally a salad yeah. yeah so when we grew up eating pizza we had pizza and chicken noodle soup or pizza and tomato soup always and like you would dip your crust in the soup so like when i got to college i was like that kid's like where we gotta make some soup where's the soup <laughs> where's to go with my soup? pizza i'm like staring at you like i don't I know comprehend. No, I know. <laughs> so like edie and i this is how like ridiculous we've gotten now is like we will make bone broth to go with our pizza now <laughs> that's yeah i mean that's like a really nice yeah. healthy addition to eating pizza i mean <laughs> Apparently this is not a thing. And I was like, nobody. Not eats. a thing. No, I, I didn't know it wasn't a thing. Peanut butter pickle sandwiches are 1000% a thing. So. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try it. I might not try the pizza and soup, but I'm definitely going to try the peanut butter pickle sandwich. Oh, I also very much recommend the pizza and soup combo. <laughs> anyway, it was like a very restorative trip. And I am most proud that I like took those two days off because we got back very late, like so much later than we were supposed to. Um, took those two days off and then didn't feel like I needed to work the whole weekend to make up for it. I was like, no, you took a vacation. That doesn't mean you go work extra to make up for your vacation. You yes. take your vacation and then you go back to work on Monday or whatever day it is. Yes. Oh, that's so. great. Oh, that sounds so fun. Okay. Well, that's giving me like, I am going to see my family in Texas. Like I was telling mm, you a little bit before we hit yeah. record in at the end of April, I haven't seen my family since I got married, which was in Whoa. 2018. I didn't so, realize that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a long way from here to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's really not, mm-hmm. it still is. I sure. mean, it it is. Um, so, and I was going to go see them last April. Clearly, that didn't happen. So, um, we're all getting vaccinated. Everybody's going to be fully vaccinated by then. And... Uh, And so last Saturday I called my dad and I was like, look, I'm thinking about taking a road trip down with Fox to come see you. And then I was like, "Mm, maybe I don't want to do that. I don't really want to go to Abilene, which is where they live, which is Mm -hmm. like, I have called it the armpit of Texas. Um, Yeah. So I used to live there and go to school there and it is not my favorite town. Um, (laughs) So anyway, so I didn't want to drive down to Abilene and then have to like drive down to college station to go see my brother. I mean, anytime you drive anywhere in Texas, it takes at least six hours to get from like oh one God. place to another. It's absurd. Um, and then I was like, gosh, we're going to be so close to the coast. Maybe Fox and I could like go down and whatever. So I was like going through this whole thing. I've been clearly like pent up and I need to travel. Yeah. So like when Texas starts looking good to me and spending time with my family, I'm like, okay. Um, Cause that's not usually my go-to is uh, hanging out with my family. I love them, <laughs> but we have very different views in the world. And so it's like yeah. small increments. Right. right. Um, and so anyway, I called my dad, I'm having this conversation with him and I was like, what if we all just like took our first family vacation in like 15 years and went to Galveston and he was like oh I like Galveston and I actually didn't expect him to say this you know and so then I call my other siblings and they're like uh yeah count us in especially if dad's cool. buying the Airbnb <laughs> so, that's amazing <laughs> so I like did some Airbnb shopping and sent my dad the one that I like really wanted to stay in and he was like okay whatever yeah let's just do it and so, <laughs> so we're all going to Galveston and I'm debating if I want to drive like road trip with Fox um, because I'm still really hesitant to fly. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, but God, the drive takes three days, one direction to get to oh, Galveston. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So with him, it would take three days. With me, I yeah. would make it in two, but I would still be like in pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> From right. sitting, my ass would hurt. I mean, especially like two years into my tailbone injury, it still hurts to sit for that long. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, but it's kind of giving me the like, I should drive. That would be fun. We'd have a good time, you know? <laughs> we had a great time. I mean, I just feel like removing expectations and distractions. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest thing is like, I was driving, didn't have my phone on me. Right. And we didn't have like, it was just me and Edie. There wasn't the distraction of little brother or dad or anybody in the dad on a distraction, but like <laughs> you know, distraction of her father. <laughs> I don't know yeah. when it's me and Fox together. Like he's totally different. Like, or I mean me and right. Ryan together, like with Fox, he's totally different than if it's yeah. just one of us. And we armed ourselves with some good, like kid podcasts that were still Ooh. enjoyable for me to listen to. So Ooh. that was really nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's that's a long awesome. time in the car. That we did cool. listen to a lot of Frozen. I don't know if Fox is into Frozen. No, he's really into Moana. So, oh, okay. Which is like always going through my head. The Moana soundtrack. What can I say except <laughs> Especially that one. He loves that fucking song <laughs> and it's my least favorite. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, The Rock as... You know, like I doing love show it tunes. So much. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> okay, she's. If you've been listening for a while, you know how much I love CBD. Stressed? Take some CBD. Sore muscles? CBD, of course. Liz and I personally use CBD in our daily lives and have seen CBD help our clients with pain, anxiety, period cramps, and more, which is why we are so happy to partner with our friends at Rock and Roots Farm. Rock and Roots is a family-run farm and herbal medicine brand. John and Candace, owners and farmers at Rock and Roots, pride themselves in supporting the community and planet through regenerative agriculture education programs, and affordable access to beyond organic produce, CBD, and herbal health products. We love Rock and Roots, and we know you will too. Shop their CBD and herbal products at www.rockandrootsfarm.com and select Unrefined She from the drop-down menu as your affiliate at checkout. Hey, she's, I think we can all agree there's nothing else that can quickly send your day sideways than a visit from the hangry monster. I learned pretty quickly during pregnancy and now as a parent to tiny, hungry, hungry humans that having snacks on hand is key to everyone's sanity and survival. And while my snack of choice is typically fresh food, it's not easy or convenient when I'm on the go. And okay, to be honest, I have found one too many squished bananas or hard-boiled eggs at the bottom of my purse than I care to admit which is why I love the grass-fed beef sticks from Paleo Valley. I stash these protein-rich snacks in my purse and the diaper bag, so I'm always prepared. Unlike other meat sticks, Paleo Valley beef sticks contain 100% grass-fed and finished beef from American farmers who practice rotational grazing, which is better for you and better for the planet. 100% grass-fed beef contains more B vitamins, calcium, magnesium, potassium, zinc, phosphorus, beta-carotene, and iron than grain-fed beef. And it has important fat-soluble vitamins that can protect against cardiovascular disease. It's a snack I feel good about eating and sharing with my kiddos. So if you're looking to level up your snack game, head over to paleovalley.com and enter the code UNREFINED15 at checkout to save 15% on your next order. That's paleovalley.com with code UNREFINED15. 
Well, what's cooking in your kitchen? We haven't gotten there yet. Oh my God, you're right. You're right. We haven't. Um, me, I am cooking in my kitchen. Yes, you are. Fully cooking <laughs> in my kitchen. That was my big birthday present from um, my husband and our friend Rich, who, um, so we had uh, uh, my good friend from college and her uh, partner move in with us. So we have like other adults oh, living in right. our house, which we love. And he happens to be an electrician. So he helped hook up. Um, he's helping us with a lot of stuff around the house. And, um, my big present was that I got to cook on my stove for my birthday. And so I've been cooking in there for, as of recording, just over a week. And it's like life changing. It feels so good. Mm. So, so, so good. So me. What did you cook on your birthday? On my birthday, we had tacos and plantains and like roasted veggies, all sorts of things. I don't even remember. It was a week ago. Mm. Come on now. Yeah. That was (laughs) way too long ago. Wasn't pizza and soup. Yeah, it wasn't pizza and soup, but I did make like a big ass sheet pan dinner last night with like sausage and potatoes and like tons of fresh herbs and a big green salad. But it was so nice because like I could put everything on one sheet pan, cook it and then take it out of the oven. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like little mini sheet pans. Okay, what rounds. am I going to cook this on? Rounds. Totally. I was cooking <laughs> in rounds. So it was awesome. It felt really, really good. Gosh. And what do you do with all your free time now? Oh my God, putting stuff away. I got my kitchen organized, which is very exciting, but what free time, what free time, (laughs) cute. What's cooking in your kitchen? Oh shit. Uh, A lot of sheet pan stuff. Um, actually it's really biz kitchen. Yeah. What's going on with biz kitchen? (sighs) Oh man. Okay. So I'm really diving into my four rhythms program and making my workbook. That's what I channeled my energy into yesterday. It was just like, I'm going to make this like, well, it's a guidebook. I don't want to call it workbook because he wants to do work. So it's, um, and it's been fun because I've been utilizing the premise of these four rhythms, which is like the rest rhythm, which is essentially the circadian rhythm, but the circadian rhythm, I think doesn't feel attainable. And it also includes Mm. so many factors. (laughs) Um, and so really I'm kind of focusing more on like rest times and then like the ebbs and flow of energy. Right. So the rest rhythm, um, the lunar rhythm, which has really been affecting me the last couple of days, I've had like, we're moving towards a full moon at the time of this recording, when this comes out, I'll be moving towards the new moon, but it, uh, it like my brain just chitter chatters constantly. And because I'm in the early part of my luteal phase, like moving from, um, ovulation to PMS, I'm in this like, uh, organization. It's like an organization time where everything kind of gets like filed and stored away. And so with the energy of the moon, like moving upward and the energy of my body, like moving toward rest, it's just like, my brain is just going and going and going. And it's like filing basically. And it, and it like, which sounds like chitter chatter all night Mm -hmm. long. So all night last night I slept like total shit. And I was like, "Mm, this is like full moon sleep. Um, And, you know, so my brain is just going and going and going. So this morning I took a shower (laughs) and I have a very strong cup of coffee because I'm just still trying to get my brain focused. Um, Anyway, that's a side tangent. But so there's lunar rhythm, um, hormonal rhythm. So when I use when I was starting it, I was like really focusing on menstruation. But Mm -hmm. now that I'm moving into perimenopause, that's changing and it's not as reliable. And so I'm looking at like, you know, we've kind of been talking about this, but I'm like looking at the overall like hormonal rhythm of the individual. And it's really not me telling anybody anything about themselves. It's me telling people how to ask questions about themselves. Yeah. Which I think is so important. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I'm a questioner and I'm like, I don't want anybody telling me anything about myself. But if you can give me a helpful question. <laughs> right, I don't know what to ask. I don't know what to ask. It's very rare that I'm like, tell me something about myself. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the seasonal rhythm. And also, you know, we just entered into spring and I oh, went from like right. winter, very dormant. And it was like literally on the spring equinox. I could just feel myself like, woohoo. Like, yeah, like that was the day I called my dad and I was like, I'm traveling. <laughs> and uh, and so everything just kind of clicked into place. So I'm going to start teaching workshop or like master classes on Fort Rhythm and I'm making this guidebook to go along with it. It's going to be really beautiful and really like hearty, but not like busy work. Uh, okay. And then work. it's a guide. It's a guide. <laughs> Book. Yes. Um, and then I'm also looking at doing a recorded series that then I can t- turn into like transcripts and as- eventually turn into a book is the plan. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, working smarter, not harder. Yeah, girl, get it. Yeah. <laughs> make, that, make that evergreen content. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, no, it's been really fun. Um, it's been nice to have something positive to channel my energy into because yeah. there's been a lot of shit going on that, like, you know, I've been telling you about, but I haven't, like, really talked about on here yet. It's right. Been... So I've started this practice. Um, one of the things in the Schmilly Club is, like, having ritual when you enter into your workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every day I've been, like, working on, rit- like, creating a ritual for me. And so for me, that's pulling tarot cards, which was like not a practice of mine for like a long time. And I've kind of been so turned off by like the woo and on like spirituality (laughs) mentality that like I really stepped away from my like woo side for a long time. And uh, this has been really nice to like reconnect to that. But yesterday uh, or not yesterday, on Monday morning, I walk into my office, I pull my three cards for the week. And the first one is this major arcana card, the tower. And the tower is, I looked at this card and I was like, holy shit. The tower is, it's this like 22 story tower built on the side of a mountain. So like really rocky Mm. foundation. There's this raging storm with these lightning bolts going into the tower and the tower has been struck by lightning is on fire and there are people jumping out of the windows of the tower. Oh shit. I was like, oh, this is my week, huh? Perfect. (laughs) Good. Good. That feels so, that feels right. Doesn't that feel great? And I was like, okay. And the next card was the Empress, which was like this very serene, like mm-hmm. divine woman. And she's like <clears throat> just sitting in her power, you know? And I was like, okay, so if I make it through the tower, I can get to the Empress. Great. Nice. What's the tower, you know? And so it was basically like, look, there's this inevitable tragedies coming at you and you have to get through them. But when you get through them, if you allow yourself to like move through it with like ease and purpose then you'll come out being a better human and I was like okay okay so I knew I had a phone call with my doctor that day Mm -hmm. to get the results of my lung test and um I'm just gonna go ahead and go into this story now yeah do it go for (laughs) it yeah so to get results for my lung test which you know we were trying to decide if I had COPD or asthma and just like a casual COPD diagnosis Dude, I know. And the more practitioners I tell that, they're like, I cannot believe she was just like, well, you might have COPD or you might have asthma. And it's like, dude, there's a big difference between those two. So 
she calls me up and she's like, okay, you don't have COPD. You also don't have asthma. And the lady who had done my testing was like, it looks essentially like you have asthma. Like, I can't tell you that, but like, I'm the person who teaches people how to integrate asthma into their life. Like, I'll probably be seeing you. And I'm like, okay. So, and the original diagnosis is that my lungs are thickening. Like the, mm. the tissue is becoming thicker at the top of my lungs, right? So, and this has really been over the past, like, half a year that I've noticed it right. since like the summer fall. Right. And so I was like, okay, dealing with this, dealing with this, like maybe this is why I took COVID so seriously the way that I did was because I mean, one, like it's important, but we live in a very rural place, like, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. So anyway, she and I continue to talk and I was like, look, I got sick. It, the end of June and I got a negative COVID test, but it, I think I had COVID. Like these are the symptoms. I, it was also very confusing on where I got it from because we were really not going anywhere. So if I got Mm -hmm. it from somewhere, it was like going to the grocery store. Um, but my community has just taken COVID very lightly. A lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, smiling faces all over town and, um, which has been really frustrating. And so anyway, she was like, huh, okay. You know, let's talk more about that. And so, um, Basically, we figured out, and also I got vaccinated, and my vaccine response was like intense within the first mm-hmm. hour, wow. and it lasted for days. And I still can't like when I work out and I like like get in a really heightened like energy. I guess it's maybe like my um, adrenals or cortisol level kind of spikes. Mm-hmm. Like I get a little dizzy, mm-hmm. and so basically between those two things, like we really think that I had COVID. And the, that um, the vaccine responses, because my my immune system was like already, you know, hyperactive um, and that this lung stuff is because I had COVID and it's long haulers and it's like nine months in and they're concerned that if I don't get on like steroids, that it's going to cause permanent damage to my lungs, which is like, that's the scary part, right? Right. So I've started um, doing, I'm like easing off of like inflammatory foods, like really trying to get my diet like uh, on lock there and which will also help my um, um, perimenopause right. <laughs> symptoms, you know, like <laughs> my brain fog. <laughs> I was like, like brain fog. <laughs> yeah. Like brain fog. You see that? Did you see that there? Um, so anyway, so just trying to do that. And, and I got, um, a mushroom formula from Paul Stamets that's supposed to help, uh, pretty sub- significantly, but like, I'm, I'm thinking about taking these steroids for a month and I really don't want to, <laughs> but I also really don't want to have permanent lung damage. So. Right. It's so hard so. to make these like choices around this too, because we, we just don't have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And like, I know a lot of my um, pregnant clients right now, like they're now recommended to get the vaccine. And it's like a lot of weighing the pros and cons and like nobody can make that decision for you, especially during, during pregnancy. It's like the, the benefits and risks are, are different for everybody that goes through that. And so it's been really interesting to kind of talk about, like, just kind of work through this decision-making process with them. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Do you follow, do you follow, um, Amanda, the curious coconut? Oh girl, her long yeah. haulers stuff. Oh, I feel so bad for her. Right. She's got a yeah. pretty severe case of long haulers mm-hmm. and I know she's working with some different protocols, um, 
different practitioners and like obviously this is not medical advice and she's not giving out medical advice but it's been it's been interesting to see like what the studies are saying and what um how people are taking like shifting approaches to long haulers and yeah well and her background is like neuroscience research right and her she's been talking about like her cognitive abilities have changed like yeah. I just saw a post from her last night or something that was like an update. And it was like, she still hasn't gotten her sense of taste back and she's a right. recipe developer. Yeah. And she must've gotten it right around the same time that I did. Cause she's like nine, nine months in mm-hmm. um, just, I feel so bad for her because for the most part, like there's some other things that I'm like, Oh, like I'm making correlations, you know, like I've had some stress liver stuff and some other things here and there. And I'm just like, Oh Maybe it's actually all connected in a way that I didn't really realize, you know? And so it's been like, I was real, I was really pissed. I was honestly, I was really upset with my community on Monday and I was like trying to work through that because, you know, the reality is, is that everybody's doing the best that we can. And we've had really poor leadership from the top down on on just like how to manage and handle everything and everybody in, you know, the American way is like so individualistic mm-hmm. and not really community minded. And so, so it's been really a struggle and I've been trying to like focus my frustration more at the system than mm-hmm. the individuals within the system. But I'm also like, man, I spent a lot of time and energy just trying to keep my community safe by hauling up in my house and, you know, doing all the things. And right. here I am with like long-term lung damage potentially. Yeah. 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 And it's so hard. Cause like you said, like everyone's hopefully doing the best they can. And if, if I don't think anybody listening to our show isn't falls in the camp of, I don't believe COVID exists. And it's not like we can go and like pop on people's Instagram and be like, it's real. You can't like, that's not going to change anybody's minds. Right. 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 But it is real. It's not just a cold. I was definitely like when it first came out, like m- a little more than a year ago, I was like, it's just a bad cold. Like, totally. I'm not in the high risk group. Like it's not a big deal. Like I want to go back and be like, you idiot. We weren't going anywhere. We were still very, very cautious because we're like thinking about protecting parents and everybody. But like the more you learn about the long-term effects, like it's not just a cold. It's not just a cold for so many people. Yeah. For so many people. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's very much the mentality around here. Like somebody was like, oh yeah, I got it. It was like having food poisoning for a week. And I was like, that sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that your like speech of it's okay to get COVID? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you're just going to poop a lot. <laughs> It'll be gross. Yeah. Especially when you're three, when her three-year-old got it. And I was like, ew, <gasps> like I can't oh. imagine. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So in addition to that, the other part of the tower burning is this mass shooting that happened in Boulder the day after. So that was Tuesday and really heartbreaking on so many levels. Um, but I think the most heartbreaking, well, no, I mean, you can't like qualify what's the most heartbreaking part about it. But I think something that's really stood out to me is like, man, we had two mass shootings within a week and Mm -hmm. the, you know, American mentality, I made the mistake of getting in arguments with people on Instagram about, you know, gun control. And I was just like ready to fight, you know, (laughs) it's like, put me in the ring. I can't do anything here, you know? Yeah. Um, which I could, like, I, you know, I did all my like 
sign up for volunteering stuff with Moms Demand or every town I mean and and whatnot. But like, I just was like ready to channel this energy. So I started arguing with this guy and he's just like, well, if everybody in, you know, if, if everybody was armed and everybody was trained, then somebody could have stopped that person. And I was just like, that's no. your logic. Like there's so many holes in that logic. And um, you know, and of course he wasn't hearing me and I wasn't hearing him. I was trying to, I really was. And I think the greatest thing that I saw in that conversation and that I took away from that conversation was everybody is afraid for their safety. Mm. And there's, you know, there's different sides. One side is like, well, if we aren't all carrying guns and there's background checks, you know, people are allowed to have them, but it's not like just any Joe Smoke can go buy a gun the same day, you know, that they apply for one, then, you know, there's safety there. And this guy's like, well, everybody should just be armed. And it's like, well, then you're asking a large portion of the population that doesn't want to have a gun to, you know, be soldiers. And I don't right. want to be a soldier. There's a reason I'm not a cop. I and mean, there's a lot of reasons I'm not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, tower burning, <laughs> Really sad, really heartbreaking, um, really feeling for the Boulder community. And also, like, it's like if this is happening in Boulder, it really can't happen anywhere. I mean, Boulder's like a predominantly liberal college town. Yeah. With wealthy, gun con- w- wealthy with gun control, like better gun control than a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of parts in the country. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the police response, I mean, from what I can tell, was like, you know, they really did their job. Like that's what police are there to do. And like, they, you know, it's like, those are the trained people with guns. Like, yeah. yeah. And, um, so yeah, it was interesting because my mother-in-law who's, I mean, one of the kindest humans I know, uh, they do these like a weekly trips. She lives on the front range in Louisville, mm-hmm. like right near Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 10 minutes from Boulder and they do these weekly trips like adventures and last week's adventure was they went to columbine she's like Mm -hmm. i feel like as a citizen i need to go lay my eyes on columbine and then here it is like a few days later the grocery store right near her church this happened and i was just like wow what an interesting week for you know those two things to happen so so anyway if y'all are listening out there and you're like you know i mean i know this is a couple weeks after the Boulder shooting and the, uh, the Atlanta shooting. But if you're, you know, if we have, if the, I know the news cycle has moved on, but if you haven't moved on, like ways you can get involved or through mom's demand action and every town, um, they have, every town has an app you can download that has like ways you can volunteer and get involved. Um, I know there's some legislation going through with like universal background checks. So like now it's the time to be very proactive, Mm -hmm. So hopefully these things will work together. Um, anyway, yeah. It's been I really appreciate I really appreciate you giving those like those calls to action because I think that's you know I, I as soon as I saw the news about that like I was thinking about like my friends in Boulder and and same thing with with Atlanta and um, I didn't know what to do though beyond like checking in with folks. You know, it's just like what people should feel safe going to the grocery store. And now I was listening to this woman. She's like, basically since these mass shootings have started. So like since Columbine, 
Mm-hmm. She's like, anytime I walk into any place, I know where the exits are. Mm-hmm. And she has a young kid and she's like, so I'm here thinking this scenario through my head. Like if I go to the grocery store, what if my kid starts crying and I can't make her stop and we can't hide? Right. Like, it's just like, these are thoughts you shouldn't have to have to go buy some fucking eggs. Seriously. Like, it, yeah. And it's really like an American thing, you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, I know there are countries that are like under serious gunfire and, and turmoil, like yeah. Syria, you know, but like I, I was looking at this post by the wellness therapist. I, I think mm-hmm. I've told you about her, but she's definitely worth following y'all. Um, mm-hmm. The wellness therapist on Instagram. And she was like, look, for my non U.S. followers, what have you had mass shootings in your country? How have they been taken? And like, what are your thoughts on what's happening in America? And reading that thread was like, you know, I think so many of us just numb over and and we're like, okay, when can we get back to business as usual? Because like, we feel so suppressed by the gun lobbyist and, and, you know, like our government not clearly not taking care of us. It's like once Sandy Hooks happened and and nothing passed, it's like, okay, do y'all even care? Like legislation right around Sandy Hook. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, everybody's response. I mean, these are people from all over the world. We're like, yeah, we had like one mass shooting and then they put stricter gun laws into place and we haven't had any sense. And, you know, we really feel for you Americans out there who are just like, all I want to do is go grocery shopping and I have to fear for my life. And we also feel like America is a dangerous place to go for so many reasons. And I thought about that because like, I've been daydreaming about some like international travel in the like coming years. And when you start Googling a place, one of the first questions that pops up is, is, you know, whatever, Greece, a dangerous place. And I'm like, America is a dangerous place. Like there's mass shootings, weekly, bi-weekly mass shootings. Like what about that? Isn't sending up red flags for people to just... You know, and I think it is, but it's like the people who are pro-gun are just like, well, we should all be armed. But there's no reason all... for anybody to have an assault rifle. There's no reason for anybody you to have, have an like, assault sure, rifle. Have a, like, nobody's coming into your home to take guns. Like, it's not that you can't own a gun. Yeah. That's not the thing. You don't need an assault rifle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or and the so, magazine and so, or whatever that's called. Right. <laughs> and all these mass shootings, like, that's what it is. It's not like anybody's walking in there with their, like, hunting rifle. Right. You know, and it's like, I'm from Texas. I come from a family of hunters. Like we had guns growing up, but they were like in a closet in the attic. All the doors were locked. You know, we, I knew where they were and I knew I wasn't supposed to go near them. Um, you know, and, and I didn't want to learn how to shoot one, but I would go sit in, in the like hunting stand with my dad or my brother Mm. and like, you know, and I watched them like dress the deer in the field. And it was like, I don't want to do this to an animal. And so, you know, but I, I made the correlation. I was able to see the correlation of like what happens with a gun to a living being, you know? And I think, um, there's so many factors. It's, you know, mental illness. It's, um, you know, all these people who are doing mass shootings are men, right? It's this like toxic masculinity, white men. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Toxic masculinity of like, you don't feel your feelings. You can't feel your emotions. And then... Yeah, it's like, oh, this guy had a bad day and people died, you know, like. Like the defense of the the man who murdered the people in Atlanta. He yeah. was having a really tough day. Yeah, oh, a really tough day. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case. Right. Well, in that cop, like, then they found, like, pictures of him wearing anti-Asian racist yeah. clothing. And it was like, oh, well, you're one of them. Of course. Perfect. Jesus. Oh, tower's burning. Tower's, the tower's burning. tower's burning, y'all. It, it really is. Like, our tower is burning. And the reality is, like, we can't wait for the news cycle to just pass over and pa- we have to pass over with it you know like it, it's a continued action and it's like so many things you know I think that weigh on us yeah and it's hard to like be sustainably proactive without just feeling like you're being crushed or suffocated by the weight of it all and how do you not go numb like that's the thing it's like you hear like oh another mass shooting and it's just like oh and like oh my god is that really the response that was my response initially I, like, we, oh. I feel like, are we so disconnected or is this happening so frequently that we can't muster a response anymore? Well, We're just all tapped out. I think, I think that, um, we've been trained to tap out, you know, yeah. with the media. It's, I mean, it's a coping mechanism for sure. It's a coping right? mechanism. It's totally a coping mechanism. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like, oh my God, another one. Okay. Well, that's horrible. And is there really anything I can do? Because I don't actually feel like the government, my government works for me. Like, I feel like they work for lobbyists, you know, big corporations, the NRA. And that is like fucking overwhelming. Yeah. And so then it's like, look, I'll just sit here and get mad. And then what? You know? Yeah. But so will you repeat those? um, If people are feeling like, I think like we're feeling kind of like, what the fuck? Uh, Those organizations you said people could reach out to again. Yeah. Every town. Every town. Okay. Uh-huh. And moms demand. I think there's a couple of others like students demand. You can find them all on um Instagram, but in everytown.org, you can go to their website and then download their app. And there I haven't gotten a chance to like really dive into the app yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually gonna do that this afternoon. Uh, but it has like, you know, easy access to, you know, signing petitions, writing letters, volunteering, um, you know creating like, like community programs in your community for, uh, education. Cool. Um, and it, and they, they lay out like a course of action mm-hmm. so that, you know, because I mean, the, that's it, I think is that people are like, okay, just like everything else, like, what do we do? You know? Right. And, and we also still have to do our daily things. Like we're still living in a capitalistic system, you know, where everybody feels like they're running on a hamster wheel, which is why I'm creating the four rhythms because I want to get people (laughs) off that hamster wheel and being proactive. Um, And so, you know, it's like, okay, I, I still have to, I have to get my kid fed. I have to like make money. I have to buy groceries and hopefully I don't get shot while I'm buying groceries. And like, you know, I mean, just doing your daily tasks. And I even thought like, coming into this recording, I was like, how much do I want to talk about this? Because it'll be two weeks when, from when it happened. And I was like, that's fucked up. It's fucked up that after two weeks, I would think it's not okay to talk about anymore. It's not like newsworthy. And that's like how deep it is rooted in the system. It's like the next thing. The media, there's so much going on that it's like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? But honestly, it's also like, who knows what's going to happen in the next two weeks? I feel like the last 10 years especially have been so trauma filled mm-hmm. mass shootings, mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. I mean, you name it. Those are the things that are just on my brain right now. There's, uh, there's so many things. Yeah. One of the other things I George did, George Floyd, I, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, like, I mean, 
Brianna Taylor. We're still talking about her. A never year later. ending list of people of color who have died at the hands of unarmed, white unarmed. unarmed people of color. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's um it's overwhelming. I mean, I feel how heavy my heart is, and I'm sure people who are listening feel that as well. And the other thing that came up for me actually in that card reading was like or no, actually, when I was in this argument with this guy yesterday on Instagram, I pulled a card. I was like, what do I need to focus on today? Because I can feel myself getting really scattered, right? And it was it was honestly, the card was just like, there. you're pouring a lot of emotion into something that's not going to help you. And what you need to pour your emotion into, like you need to find a different outlet. And it actually mm-hmm. said like a therapist. And so I started looking up a therapist. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? We as a country have been in collective trauma for as long as we can remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I may not have things going on in my life right now. Like I've spent a lot of time in therapy throughout my life with my mom's mental illness and like with my sure. own mental health and whatnot. But I'm like, I think that I need to go see a therapist just to figure out working through this collective trauma to be a more proactive human. Right. Have you looked at BetterHelp? I see. No. I hear ads for them all the time. Any podcast I listen to is like BetterHelp. <laughs> They're online counselors, mm. um, and you can, if you don't like your counselor, you can switch to somebody else. But I mean, finding a counselor or a licensed therapist is not easy. It's not. It's not easy. And I remember um, shortly after we lost Elliot, I was looking for help. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I knew I needed help. I didn't really want help, but I knew I needed help and I couldn't find anybody. It took me six, eight months to get into therapy. Which is traumatic in and of itself, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Like the critical period is like three months, you know? So it's, it was really interesting. So I like had wished this, um, resource had been available then. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's like online counselor or if anybody around doesn't have access because even some communities if you're more isolated it's can be hard to find support that you need or if insurance doesn't cover it um right i don't, I don't know what the rates are but i've heard it's relatively affordable mm. so okay yeah can definitely be something check to look that into mm-hmm. yeah for all you out there too i mean honestly you know if you're listening to this and you're just like and you're feeling it like it's okay to get therapy. <laughs> In fact, and, I really you know, encourage it. You don't need things to be like, we treat therapy as like, oh, it's not bad enough to get therapy. There is no like threshold you have to reach to be able to ask for help. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, and like one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, my partner and I handle things differently mm-hmm. and he really can't be my person that mm-hmm. I go to, to talk to about like yeah. trauma stuff. And the reality is, is like our partners, they can't be all the things that we need, right? Like Mm -hmm. they can't be all the things that we need, right? (laughs) So, so it's really important to just like have that non-biased person you can talk to because like, again, like I'm on here, like I'm talking to you or like I'm, I'm talking to like my best friend about this. Like there's still going to be a reaction that feeds in to the emotions that I'm feeling to like the physical responses that I'm having. And it's like to have a person who 
who is that non-objective person who knows how to deal with their own internal stuff. Like, because Mm. you know, like if I find somebody who's in Colorado, they're also feeling this, the weight of this. And, um, it really can make such a difference, but yeah, it's our tower is burning friends. And we just, you know, like the, the longer we stop, like one of the other parts of the thread that I got on and started getting involved in, in like kind of arguing with some people. It was like our, our favorite bakery on the front range. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's it. We're not, you, if you carry a gun, you can't come here, go buy your bread somewhere else. Wow. And, um, a lot of people were like, yes. And then mm-hmm. there was like every 10th person was like, this is really fucked up because of X, Y, and Z. And one person was like, why does the bread company have to get political? <laughs> And I was like, well, first of all, I mean, I can't believe you're at, I, I can believe you're asking that, but like, where right. have you been for the last year, especially everything is political. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just said, you know, mass shootings are a community health crisis and this is a community centered company and they are being proactive to support and care for their community by drawing the line. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like people who are trying to make COVID political, and it is now, but like it shouldn't be. Public health should not be political. Mm -mm. Nope. So everyone needs to take a collective breath or exhale. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you a much lighter story that is comical? It is about guns, though. Yes. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) This is like very light going off a very heavy topic, but so I'm not trying to like make light of what we're talking about, but we, we are cleaning out our, our basement of our house and there was some shelving put up down there. And, um, there's just like this like piece of molding and Shane was trying to move this shelf in the basement. This piece of molding was like stuck. It was kind of weird. And he shifted it and then out fell a rifle, a shotgun, and a katan, like a or katana, a fucking sword. What? <laughs> yes. And he comes upstairs and he's like, you're never going to fucking believe this. And like, none of the guns were loaded, like, but they were hidden up in the ceiling of our basement behind a piece of molding, like a rifle, a shotgun, and a fucking sword. They left their sword? They left their sword. And we're like... <laughs> I don't even know that the previous owner knows that these were there. Like, I'm sure they were his father's. Um, cause this, they, they were in the house for 50 years. So. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Yes. So we're trying to get a, um, a hold of him to give him his guns and sword back. Would you like your sword back? <laughs> right. Shane's like, wait, I can't keep the sword. And I was like, well, I mean, it, we have to get rid of the guns. Cause there's no, we'd have no reason to have a rifle and a shotgun. Can I keep the sword? Can yeah. we keep the sword? Can we all just go back to swords, please? Swords? <laughs> we need better sword control. <laughs> but this shit was like oh hidden. Not like locked away for safety, but like hidden. Wow. Yeah. So weird. So weird. So anyway, oh my that's my God. funny story. <laughs> Thank you. I needed mm-hmm. I needed to laugh. <laughs> Everybody else did too. Yep. Wow. Well, you never know what's hiding in your house, right? 
I mean, you open shit. People have, like, this house is almost 100 years old and we're only the third owners. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, like, the shit you hide in your house after 50 years. We found one, like, little cubby. And we knew that they had, like, hid things around the house. Like, because we found one little cubby, like, with a fake hinge on it so it, like it flopped down and it just looked like it was like a vent but it was actually like a hidey like a something to like hide something and a note said there was a note in there that said you can hide more than just insulation in here that makes it sound way creepier than it is it was pretty creepy but it's like it's like a shoebox size it's not like you would stash a body in there <laughs> and this look at my face like wow <laughs> i know right like guns hidden and secret hiding places fun um <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> we think that there's like a stash of like money somewhere hidden in the house. That's what I keep waiting to like find. Yeah, like where's that owners, stash of money? Owner's <laughs> dad was like really eccentric, and then also had um, dementia later in life, and so would like hide things around the house. And like there would be notes like about where things were, and so we're like we're finding like little like hiding spots because the the previous owner wanted to give us a tour before we bought the hat or before we um officially closed like the day we closed and we kind of snubbed him and i'm kind of regretting it because we have a lot of questions <laughs> totally so I like we're about find, that like, tour <laughs> a secret tunnel underneath the house that goes to like you know the wine cellar or something you know <laughs> like, oh the bookcase God. that moves <laughs> Ooh, yeah, with secret passageways. Secret passageways. It wouldn't surprise me. I always wished growing up that my house had secret passageways. I was like, I want to live in a house where you could like, yeah, like travel through the walls. Yeah. Like Clue, you know, or Scooby-Doo. Oh, I loved that movie. (laughs) I loved that movie too. I don't know if I could watch it now and have it still be wonderful. Do you, um, do you follow Lindy West at all? Mm -mm. Um, she's an author and she's, she's the author of Shrill. Okay. And the witches are coming. You would love her. Highly, okay. highly recommend. I'll check her she out. also uh-huh. she wrote this um wrote this book called Shit Actually, and it's basically her take as a like a feminist <laughs> on like the most popular movies. So like shit actually is like a spoof on love actually, and it it's mm-hmm. it's really, really good. And also kind of like heartbreaking because you're like, oh, I can't unsee that. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of movies that didn't age well. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, man. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So anyway. Yeah. Thank you for uh, this conversation today. I yeah. really appreciate it. And I appreciate you sharing what's going on and being vulnerable and also actionable because we have a lot of feelings and not a lot of direction. So I think that's mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to make things sustainable is to have action steps. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be signing y'all. It cannot just be signing a petition. No, that's not, actual, that's not an action step. No, that's like, you might, it's like resharing a post, like doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Like it makes, it, it's like appeasing in a certain way, but it mm-hmm. doesn't actually do anything. Like you have to like make the calls and right you know, be proactive. And so, so yeah, that's actually on my agenda this afternoon, um, to find ways to be more proactive. And it's not just like a thing that happens when the incident happens. Like it has to Mm -hmm. be kind of an ongoing thing. Like, you know, you have to make a commitment to it just like anti-racism. It's like, you've got to make a commitment. Yeah. And, and like one of the biggest things that was super helpful, 
in in like beginning my anti-racism journey around George Floyd's death was when Rachel Rogers held her town hall and she made mm-hmm. us all sign or she asked us all to sign a pledge and it had and you can go to her the hello seven website and sign the pledge because she was like look if you're gonna do something like you need to have action steps and you need to be able to hold yourself accountable or have your like crew hold you accountable or Mm -hmm. whatever so like here's the pledge and then put it on your whatever like as a business owner i put it on my website with like all of our action steps and you know i think it's the same for and and so it's been like you know put into the fabric of like everything that i do and it's the same for stuff like gun control like you know i mean you just you have to you have to continue to be proactive and continue to educate yourself and also know when to like take a step back go to the redwood go to the redwood Give yourself a eat break. Eat some and meat then sticks. Eat some meat sticks and peanut butter pickle sandwiches and like get your like <laughs> chill on and then get back in the ring and, and do it again. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for holding space for this. I know this Absolutely. is a hard one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and thanks for all of you out there listening. Really appreciate you. And, you know, thanks for just being a part of this conversation and a part of this mm-hmm. podcast and thanks to our podcast team. We love y'all so much. Yes. We have like Appreciate the best you. podcast team really. <laughs> yes. We really, really do. Uh-huh. All right, okay, friend. friends. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>